Just in case you haven't watched the Sunday School video for today, I've included a link in the video description below. Today's Sunday School video goes over the story from Exodus chapter 3 of Moses and the burning bush. Do you know, little child, what is in you? covered those rules that God gave us. We might call it kind of the laws that God gave us. And part of that was about the law of Moses that God gave at some point. But you know, what I want us to dive into a little bit more this evening is the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses. And there's also in some way that we take part in fulfilling the law as well. Did you know that? Did you know that you and I have a part in fulfilling the law? How can that be? Well, let's take a look at it together. Let's begin by looking at a passage that we looked at this morning as well. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, Jesus said, 
Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus here is teaching us something very important. And I think this is, is so important to understand that there is a difference here. You know, we living in the New Testament sometimes use language about how, well, we're not under the law of Moses anymore. Now, I agree with that. I don't think that we're under the law of Moses anymore. And if maybe you're watching this video and you disagree with that, I hope that you keep watching because I will explain why and kind of the significance of that too. You see, when Jesus came here, he told us that he didn't come to abolish the law. And sometimes we as Christians, when we talk about how we're not under the law of Moses anymore, we might think in our minds that we might not say it like this, but we might think in our minds that Jesus abolished the law. But, you know, look at what he says. He doesn't say that he abolished the law. In fact, he says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law. So that's not why he came. He came not to abolish it, but to fulfill it. What does it look like whenever you fulfilled the law of God? What does it look like whenever we take part in fulfilling the law? You know, can we take part in that? We'll get to that eventually. But Jesus most certainly says right here that he didn't come to abolish it, but he came here to fulfill it. And I ask the question, what does that look like? Well, I would say that if you keep reading in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's chapter five, six, and seven, all of those chapters kind of explains what it would look like whenever the law is fulfilled. What does it look like whenever we are people who are living free lives under Christ? That Sermon on the Mount will give you a pretty good indication of what kingdom living looks like, what it looks like whenever you are a part of that kingdom. But before we get into our part of fulfilling the law, let's look at Jesus' part of fulfilling the law. At the end of Luke's gospel, he actually specifically even says there that he fulfilled the law. This is what Jesus said to some of his disciples. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So Jesus, right here, after he is raised up from the dead, I'll remind you that that's where this passage takes place. So the raised up Jesus says that everything must be fulfilled that was written about him in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and also the Psalms. Basically, that's in the whole Old Testament. Everything that was written about Jesus Christ needed to be fulfilled. Now, we see a lot of those things being fulfilled whenever Jesus um, is born and whenever he just kind of walks and talks and preaches and stuff to people. We see so many times in especially Matthew's gospel. I don't know, maybe Matthew just stands out in my mind because the other gospels mention it too. 
obviously Luke is mentioning it here. But the other Gospels, uh, all of them in some way or another, mention that Jesus came here to fulfill these things that were written about him. And Jesus actually talks about how everything must be fulfilled. And we see that if we keep looking in the scriptures, we will find out that there are so many things that were written about in the Old Testament that Jesus himself fulfilled at some point or another in his life. And he was explaining to them, he had to open up their minds and allow them to realize everything must be fulfilled. But why is that? It's not the same thing as abolished. He didn't do away with the law and the prophets and the Psalms. He didn't do away with any of those things. What he did was he fulfilled them. There is a difference there. Now, I want us to kind of shift gears a little bit. And I want us to see that, yes, it's important for us to see about Jesus fulfilling uh, these things that were written about him. But he also starts to give us a way that we can see the fulfillment for us as well. This time in Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 through 40, this is a conversation that Jesus has. Uh, probably it'll be a familiar conversation to you. This is what we read in Matthew 22, 35 through 40. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Do you see what Jesus is talking about here? He tells us something that about the, the greatest commandment. That was the question. The question was about the greatest commandment. The answer that Jesus gives is not just the absolute greatest command, but how it's connected to the second one. So the greatest commandment is that we love God with all of our everything, and then also that we love our neighbor as ourselves. But then notice what he says in verse 40. See, this is, this is very important to understand. He says that all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You know, I've kind of pointed this out before, and I think it's very good for us to take notice of that really all of the laws that were given, and, and there's like hundreds and hundreds of laws in the, in the Old Testament, but all of those laws either deal with our relationship between us and God or our relationship between us and other human beings. So it either has to do with us loving God or us loving our neighbors as ourselves. You see that all of this gives us this kind of definition, this, this kind of, um, well, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That's how Jesus put it. So all of it can be summarized in these two commands. And most certainly, these two commandments are things that we have to still be about. All this probably is, has been pretty familiar to you up to this point. Uh, at least, you know, I hope that, that all this so far has been pretty familiar to you and just kind of refreshing you and reminding of you, uh, reminding you of how Jesus has fulfilled the law. But then also this is starting to get into how do we fulfill it? Well, we kind of still take part in fulfilling the law whenever we are loving God and whenever we are loving our neighbor as ourself. But I also want us to look into some passages that, that maybe we don't combine as often, but yet most certainly are saying the same thing. Because Jesus himself, he said this in Matthew 22, but Jesus is not the only one who said this. This was the message of the early church. They were still talking about fulfilling the law, and they were still talking about kind of our part in it. Um, you know, the, the fulfillment of the law was not something that just Jesus alone did, but we, as the body of Christ today, 
we still are taking part in the fulfillment of this law in the sense of whenever we are acting out our, our everyday lives and whenever we are loving God and whenever we're loving our neighbor as ourselves. But let's look at some of these other passages together and let's let's combine them into the mix and see what else we get and what more we can learn uh, about ourselves and the part that we play in all of this. The first passage I want us to take a look that that comes outside of Jesus himself actually is going to come from Jesus's brother, James. And in James chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, James writes, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, and then he quotes that, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Now, there's a lot to, to really kind of process here in what he says. It's just three verses long, but there's really a lot to see. For starters, in verse 8, he references that same thing that Jesus said about loving your neighbor as yourself. He actually calls it this royal law found in Scripture. You can see all throughout the New Testament that loving God and loving our neighbor as ourself is so important to the early church. And guess what? It still needs to be very, very, very important to us today. So the way James talks about it, he calls it the royal law. You love your neighbor as yourself. He says, look, if you do that, you're doing it right. But let me also kind of take this a little bit farther and let, let's kind of see what, what he's getting at with that. Think about your own life. Okay, and I'm not just talking to you, okay? I'm talking to me as well, because all of us, we need to examine ourselves and we need to see, okay, do I truly love my neighbor as myself? What, what does that really look like? And then you start to see, you know, maybe at the end of your day sometime, you might start to, uh, to think about some of the ways that you, you talked with people, that you treated people. And, uh, you know, I know that even kind of one thing that, uh, that my wife and I, we are trying to work with uh, with our own kids is, Kind of the concept of, you know, when they come to us and, and they've maybe done something wrong to the other child or, or something like that, we kind of ask them the question, would you like to be treated like that? And then, of course, if it's something they don't like, they're going to say, well, no, I don't want to be treated like that. And then we tell them, then you don't need to treat someone else like that either. That's what it kind of gets to when you get into loving your neighbor as yourself. And I know that I, I use that with, with children. But don't we all need to learn that? You know, I mean, it just kind of, if anything, it gets more complicated whenever we get older because, you know, it's it's not just uh, this kid over here, you know, pushes another one down. No, sometimes as adults, uh, we adults sometimes get a little more crafty in, in our type of misbehavior, misconduct. And I, I'm purposely not trying to get too specific in things because I, I don't think that that we need to get too specific in the sense of, if I focus too much on one problem, you'll miss it somewhere else. That's why we need to understand the need to take a look at the phrase, love your neighbor as yourself. And we need to ask ourselves, would we like to be treated like that? And if the answer is yes, then you're doing right. If the answer, however, you find to be no, then you need to try to, to change the way that you're treating other people. Now, James does mention one way that this can show up. In verse 9, he says, if you show favoritism, so obviously favoritism is not loving your neighbor as yourself. And he actually says, look, if you show favoritism, you're just revealing yourself that you're a lawbreaker. And he says in verse 10, then he kind of takes that a step farther. And he says, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. See, this is part of 
with like why we're not under the law of Moses anymore. And this is also part of the reason behind the law that we got into this morning. You know, the law, it was to lead us to Christ, to show us Jesus and to show us this new way through him. But the law was not supposed to save us. The law was not supposed to, uh, to, to give us true deliverance. The law actually does show us that, that we are not capable of true salvation by ourselves. And we're not capable of deliverance by ourselves. We must depend upon God because he's the only one who, who can really save us. He's the only one who can deliver us from these problems that we have. If you do a, such a great job about trying to keep the law of Moses, but then if you stumble at just one point, you're guilty of breaking it off. Well, thankfully, through Jesus Christ, he did fulfill it all. He did keep the entire law of Moses, and he fulfilled it. That, that's so important. But there's more in the New Testament that we need to look at and, and bring to the conversation here. In the book of Galatians, now I mentioned this morning, and we looked at, at a passage from Galatians 3, but you know I mentioned that if you want to find out about the law of Moses, take a look at the book of Galatians. And I'll just kind of repeat that again. Look, if you want to find out more about the law of Moses and kind of how it relates to, to Jesus Christ and how things have changed in Jesus Christ, Take a look at the book of Galatians. Read it from start to finish. I mean, I'm not going to do that in this lesson, but read it from start to finish, and you will find out so much about the law of Moses. But let's read a little bit together, at least. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Paul, he says here, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you uh, are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now we start to see how sin and the law and also the spirit all kind of work together. I, I guess that's the best way of uh, wording it. I guess you might say that they, they work on a uh, on kind of opposite sides, so to speak, a little bit. Well, you know, uh, we need to see that our, our connection with being uh, people who are going to walk by the spirit, that we're not going to walk in the ways of the flesh. And by the way, just in case you're kind of you know, wondering about this here in, in Galatians 5, just a few verses later, this is the same chapter that he lists those uh, fruits of the flesh, so to speak, you know, the, the acts of flesh, and then he lists the fruits of the Spirit. And he tells us, look, we don't need to be a part of this, these fleshly desires and all these fleshly things anymore. We need to be taking part in the fruit of the Spirit, these other things. Um, but, you know, perhaps I kind of got a little ahead of myself with that last part before the first part. But in verses 13 through 15, we find out right in the middle there that he's talking about this freedom, but then he also still talks about the law. And he says that the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You think it's important? You know, he says that the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Can we keep that one command, though? I think that we need to, to try to. I mean, you know, he, he talks about this. Look, if we're not going to be people who love our neighbor as ourselves, 
you know, if we bite and devour each other, we need to watch out or we're going to end up destroying one another. We're going to end up being destroyed by each other. So what do we do about that? Well, I mean, what can you do about this fulfillment of the law, so to speak? Well, he says in verse 16, walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. We don't need to gratify these desires of the flesh. We need to walk by the spirit. We need to be led by the spirit. God will guide us. God will help us. He will help us to fulfill the entire law, so to speak. He will help us to love our neighbor as ourselves. He'll do that if you're willing to, to learn from him. If you're willing to follow him wherever he leads you, he's willing to guide you. There's still a little bit more, though, that I want us to look at. In the next chapter, in Galatians 6, kind of just continuing this on, he says here, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Hmm. Isn't that interesting in this passage? We're not talking about the law of Moses anymore. We're talking about this law of Christ. How do we fulfill this law of Christ? His whole point to this point has been that we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. That we still have a part in fulfilling the law. And this time now it has to do with fulfilling the law of Christ. Following Jesus Christ and following him in the walks of the Spirit. Another passage where, G, where um, the teachings of Jesus are carried over uh, throughout the New Testament comes to us in the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 13, it's again the Apostle Paul speaking here, and he says in verses 8 through 10, Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So if you want to know your part in the fulfillment of the law, it has to do with all of this, about loving your neighbor as yourself. Or if you want to go back to what Jesus himself said, it has to do with loving God and then loving our neighbor as ourselves. Also in Romans 13, we continue reading. This is what we uh, this is what we see. Verses 11 through 14. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So what do we do? Well, we need to wake up. We need to wake up from this slumber. Our salvation is near. The, the reason to fulfill the law is near. We need to clothe ourselves with Jesus Christ. How do we clothe ourselves with Jesus Christ? How, how do we become people who will be led by the Spirit, who will allow the Spirit to lead us? Well, I want to remind you of a passage that we looked at this morning. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 28, we talk about, that we see there that Paul tells us how to clothe ourselves with Christ. 
He says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is the call. This is, this is what it comes to. We need to be children of God. We need to be baptized into Christ so that that way we will clothe ourselves with Christ. That way we will follow the way of Christ. That we can be one in Jesus Christ. And whenever we do this, and whenever we follow the way of Christ, we will do the same things that he did. We will recognize that all of the law and the prophets and everything that was written before, it can be summarized in two things. It can be fulfilled by following two commandments. And that is to love the Lord your God with your entire being and to love your neighbor as yourself. Love unsurpassing, endless love, guiding, shining down from above, fervently trust in all that's true, love each other as Christ loveth you. Blessings.